Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the latest edition of the ACC Now podcast. I'm Steve Wiseman, the Duke beat writer for the Raleigh News and Observer and Durham Herald Sun, joined by college basketball legend, Bucky Waters, uh, as we sit here on a rainy Sunday of the uh, Elite Eight, Elite Eight weekend, right? So, um, Bucky, how are you today? Uh, it's a it's a rainy day, but uh, I'm passing up my nap to talk to you. I appreciate that, Bucky. Bucky, uh, of course, head coach at uh, West Virginia and Duke, uh, and uh, has been a long time was long time college basketball uh, broadcaster. Uh, before that, played for Everett Case at NC State. Uh, was an assistant under Vic Bubis at Duke before he became the head coach at West Virginia. And the, his assistant time here is the subject of our of our discussion today. In 1960, he was on the staff at Duke when Vic Bubis won the ACC championship in his first year as head coach, first year he'd ever been a head coach. Vic had been an assistant under Everett Case, brought Bucky over, Bucky became an assistant under him. And they won the ACC championship in their first year, the first ACC championship Duke ever won. And relates to now because John Shire just won the ACC championship in his first year as a head coach. So we're going to tie history all together here. It's a wonderful thing uh, for March Madness. So, Bucky, just tell me what you remember about the 1960 season and uh, when Vic Bubas took over and, you know, I okay. the ACC uh, championship, right? Yes. Uh, Vic Bubas and Everett Case recruited me to NC State. And then... Uh, I played four years there, went one year coaching in high school, and then Vic Bubis got the head coaching job at Duke. A fellow named Hal Bradley left and went to Texas, and and uh, Eddie Cameron hired Vic Bubis, and it wasn't a popular hire. Uh, he was not well-known. Of course, every case was uh, uh, a big star, but whoever heard of Vic Bubis? In fact, we had to keep correcting people. They'd say, is it Bubis or Bubis? Anyway... We started the year and we we finished the year 500. We were in the middle of the pack, finished fourth, and uh, we got notes under our door, our office door. I'm 24 years of age now, and uh, we're getting notes under our door from loyal Duke people saying, you know, it isn't too late to do a UE and go back to Raleigh. Uh, they're, they're, it, it was not what you call uh, a lot of enthusiasm. We struggled. And in the process of that season, we lost three times to North Carolina by more than 20 points. Three times. And believe me, our mailbox was full after each thrashing. We lost twice to Wake Forest by 17 and 19 points. So we, we were anywhere, not anywhere close to being uh, near the top. So now we start the ACC tournament. And it's in Raleigh. It's in uh, it's in the Coliseum. We end up we beat South Carolina. Now in the semifinals, we play North Carolina for the fourth time, and we beat them by two. Wow! Oh my goodness! Oh, how? And now we play Wake Forest in the final game, 
and that's Packer and Chapel and Bud, and uh, we uh, we we beat Wake Forest. And at that time, if you won the ACC tournament, you qualified for the NCAA. And we ended up going in there, and we got to uh, we won two games, and we lost to a really good NYU team that kept us from going to the Final Four. But what a Cinderella happening! Very much, very much like this this uh, this Duke team did this year. Yeah, because you mentioned the notes under the door and all that stuff. I, I hope John Shire didn't get any notes under his door. Nowadays, it's like message board posts, right? It's the internet, it's the email. Um, you know, things weren't going well for the Blue Devils early this year, right? They lost some lopsided games, but he got it together and they played well at the end of the year and uh, and they won the ACC title. So very similar situation. Well, then also Vic Pubis said his first year at Duke, uh, he hired, he recruited a fellow named Art Heyman that was a very tough guy that he thought was going to take us uh, to the promised land in college basketball. And he hired a tough guy from New Jersey that he coached for four years in Raleigh to coach him. And he said, I can't wait to see this play out. It, it, it played out pretty good. We both made it through Art's freshman year. Yes, you did. Little, some fisticuffs and some uh, bumps and bruises, right? We know about that yeah. uh, in Siler City. Uh, but uh, that's a that that's a well-known story, isn't it, about Larry Brown and, and Art Heyman getting into it in, uh, in that freshman mm-hmm. game. <laughs> For sure. Um, one other guy I want to mention here uh, that you mentioned to me that just passed away, uh, uh, sadly, about a month ago was Fred Shabel, right? He was also Correct. an assistant on your staff in 1960, and he was a holdover from the old staff, right? When we came to Duke, Fred Shabel did not apply for the head job, and so he was our rock. When Vic and I came, we knew almost nothing about the, the Duke culture, and he helped us uh, through that. He was a, a marvelous, a smart man, a giving man. He was a reserve player, didn't get much playing time uh, under under Hal Bradley, but uh, what a and his career went on to fabulous things in in basketball and finance. But without him, we would have really, really struggled our first year at Duke. And he went on to head coach at UConn, right, after he left Duke? He did. He went to UConn as head coach, stayed there four years, came back to Philadelphia and where he was uh, basically from. And uh, he was athletic director at Penn and then went into into the uh, television industry, was a in fact, he helped me get a get a get an opportunity to go with NBC uh, when I left coaching. So there you go. I just owe him so much. Yeah, absolutely. And so, and with UConn now going back to the Final Four, Fred Shabel got some there. He had some success at UConn, and so uh, maybe again full circle here, sixty years later, um, he got it kind of going there. But uh, I do want to ask you more about the nineteen sixty that first team and losing three times. To North Carolina, you know, lopsided losses, like you said, right? And yes. losing the Wake Forest, tr- tremendously talented Wake Forest team. What gave them, if you remember, the belief they could win the ACC championship when they entered that tournament in Raleigh on that Friday? Oh my! Uh, I don't think anybody uh, anybody would have predicted that we we were a veteran team, Un- unlike uh, John Shire's team with seven freshmen. We were we inherited Vic and I. We inherited a veteran team uh, that had just hadn't done much of anything 
over the course of their career. They were nice kids, nice players, but n- no threatening of national uh, acclaim. Uh, and it just came together. And one of the ironies in the finals <laughs> against, against Wake Forest, uh, with seconds left to play, Vic got on the floor and he put in a chalk thing, and 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 one of the managers spilled uh, a, a cup of water, and it just went right over the play. At, at this dramatic time, all of our hearts are in our throats, and somewhere from New Jersey, I came up and I said, "Hey, that's it, gang. The tie's in, and we win. Let's go!" Ah, awesome. I said that in the middle of a of drop chins and a gasp. Yes, <laughs> I got some heat for that after it. Yeah, but it worked. That's in in the end, it worked, and that's what matters, right? That's what happens. Yes, you guys won the game. Won the game. Um, what else? Uh, what else can you tell us about? Uh, you know about that season and about uh, what other stories do you have about? You know, uh, taking over at Duke. You know, we were twelve and ten for the season. Just there, there just weren't any highlights. We were fourth place team, and uh, and again. Uh, the Duke fans were just not impressed. It, it's a very similar situation to Tom Butters hiring Mike Shishetsky. Like, uh, what are his credentials? Where in the? Why are we hiring him? And uh, we we just had to we had to endure that. And it it, it was all year long, constant questions. Uh, it just uh, <laughs> it was a long year till we got to the tournament. I'd, I'd say that, that Vic Bubis' experience with Coach Everett Case and his great uh, success uh, with tournaments, I think that really helped us because we entered the tournament by wiping away the regular season, trying to start it anew, and our players bought in, and my goodness, it paid off. It really did, for sure. No doubt about that. Um, Howard Hurt was on that team, right? And Yes, uh, Howard Hurt was our captain. Yep, and uh, we had uh, again. We had we had size, we had experience. Uh, Doug Kissler ended up being the MVP in the ACC tournament. Yeah, uh, Carol Youngkin. It, it was a nice team, but there it was in fourth place in the regular season, in the middle of the pack. And uh, I don't think anybody in Vegas, in their right mind, uh, had any uh, had any <laughs> any long shot. Uh, there was nothing to pin us to, to do what we did in the tournament. It was an absolute uh, coming together, and Vic Bubis deserves a credit. And sometimes those are the funnest uh, experiences, aren't they? When you come out of nowhere, you yeah. know, Cinderella-type thing, all that kind of stuff. And then to get to the uh, NCAA tournament, uh, I have have the stats up here in front of me. Yeah. Uh, to I'm sure you have it in your memory, but to tell our listeners, the team went to Madison Square Garden and played Princeton in the first uh, round of the NCAA tournament. Yes. Uh, and then uh, and then went on to play St. Joe's in the next round. Coached by Jack McCluskey. Now, coached by Ramsey. Coached by Jack Ramsey. Jack Ramsey coached that team. And then we ran into NYU. Yep. And it was just uh, the, our, our honeymoon was over. But but we yeah. had a marvelous run. And those games were played in Charlotte. The, the St. Joe's and the NYU game were played in Charlotte. So you went to... In the old Madison Square Garden, right? This was the, the previous one, right? Not the nothing one we're in now, but the previous one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, uh, and then it came down and played St. Joe's. Boy, and he won like the game against Princeton was eighty-four to sixty in the first round. Really dominated that game, and then won yeah. by two over St. Joe's. 
we need we needed one more win to get to the final four. Uh, we couldn't do it then, but later under Vic Bubis, we went to the final four three times. And so this championship again, the first for Duke, yes. the first ACC title, almost the first Final Four, yes. but it really kind of set the foundation for what the elevation of Duke basketball, didn't it? Yes, and then Art Heyman became a sophomore, and then started a whole new trend of 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 success under Vic Bubis. He was the second winningest coach in his tenure career, and that's all he coached. And I've struggled to try to get him in the Naismith Hall of Fame, but they just say, well, he didn't coach long enough. But I, I haven't given up. But only John Wooden had a better coaching record during that 10-year period than Vic Boobers. Wow. And, yeah, that's that says something, because we know what Coach yeah. Wooden did. And I all those titles out there and everything. So to be second to him is no, no slouch at all. Um, and then, of course, Vic went on to be the commissioner of the Sun Belt Conference, right? So, correct. And and because he he uh, he got out of coaching, and when he was commissioner of the Sun Belt, he conducted almost all of the research for the for the improvements in basketball, like the shot clock, the the the, uh, the widening the lane, uh, just everything that was uh, entering into experimentally. His conference took it over. So I'm still hopeful that we can get him uh, in the Hall of Fame, if not a coach, a contributor. Yes, that, that, that was my point. Exactly right. We were Contributor. He's done so many things, beyond his coaching, but also, yes, all that. Because while he was commissioner of the Sun Belt is when uh, UNCC went to the Final Four. That was one of their teams that year, right? Yes. So, yeah, no question about that. Um, well, tell me what you thought about uh, this year's Duke season. And we mentioned earlier, you know, some, some rough – patches early but then you know they really got it going down the stretch and uh you know to win the acc well un unlike our our season in in 1960 uh we were we weren't even underdogs we we weren't close to being considered uh possibilities but this team this 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 duke team this year just kept getting better with seven freshmen and one returning starter that was a junior, they were just very immature. Mm -hmm. and, and they lost a lot of close games, just a lot of debate, but they just kept getting better. John Shire just kept us a, a, a calm nature. They, they, they got more experience. The one thing they couldn't hurry was their bodies. They still had skinny, uh, inexperienced bodies that finally really showed up in that game against Tennessee, uh, but, but they just kept getting better. In fact, there were people I respect uh, that, that with ACC knowledge that were picking Duke as a possible ACC champion uh, because of this uh, undefeated the season coming and getting better. It was clear that they were reaching a peak at the right time. And that's right. And they, uh, they went out, you mentioned going undefeated, undefeated at Cameron. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a big deal. And of course, he, they expect that every year, but you don't always do it. And then in the first year, uh, you know, Coach Shire did it. I mean, that one they they picked up some big wins at home. You know, they lost to NC State on the road, came back and beat him at home. Yeah. Lost to Wake on the road, came back and beat him at home. Lost uh, uh, beat Miami at home. Uh, yep. And his success against against the University of North Carolina. Yep, that's right. He got the sweep of Carolina in his first season. So it seems like the program's on. Pretty solid ground, don't you think? I think they're 
think they're moving in the right direction. One thing, one thing about Coach Shire, you know, I, I've seen a lot of young coaches step into that first year as a head coach, and you're tempted uh, to, should I coach like John Wooden? Should I coach like Bobby Knight? Uh, and and what I've always told them, be yourself. And John Shire was John Shire the whole year. Uh, like like that game at Virginia with the highly controversial thing. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, Steve, if I had been the head coach looking at that replay, they would have to handcuff me. Yeah, I, I would have been <laughs> over the top. Of course, I might have been a little bit more like like uh, like Bobby Knight than John, but Shire was always has always kept his cool, and uh, it surely paid off. Yeah, he he was himself. You're right. He wasn't. He's not Coach K, and that's not a bad thing. I mean, Coach K, for all he did was fantastic. Nobody's arguing that. But there's only one him, and John's got to be himself, and he really stuck to that throughout the year. I thought. Yeah. So, um, what uh, uh, you know, the tournament's going on now too. Duke was knocked out, you know, by Tennessee. Uh, we're sitting here on Sunday with the uh, uh, Creighton and San Diego State are playing right now, so we don't know the other Final Four teams. But Florida Atlantic is in the Final Four, uh, and Yukon uh, uh, is back. We mentioned that earlier. Yes, Danny Hurley's team. You, you did a lot of Big East games, right? You were a Big East. Uh... Oh yeah, back in my era, the Big East it was Georgetown, uh, St. John's, uh, Connecticut. Uh, they they were. They really rivaled the ACC uh, for for their balance, and of course, with all the uh, the major uh, the networks and everything coming from the east, uh, they uh, uh, I get I I, I can go I could go on and on and tell one funny story about John Thompson, who was a dominant, uh, arrogant. Uh, just his teams were just they didn't beat you; they wanted to just destroy you. Yeah, and uh, Luke Conaseca was a very popular. Uh, coach and and he had this quirky thing on a second. He wore these wacko sweaters. I mean, they were they were bizarre. And it was so out of character for for the Madison Square Garden and 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 the the seriousness of basketball in New York. But anyway, uh, Georgetown came in with their militia, and uh, John John Thompson didn't show up. Didn't show up. But before the game, all of a sudden he comes marching out and. Uh, he walks right up to Luke Conaseca, who's standing there in his goofy sweater, and uh, and Luke Conaseca put out his hand, and John Thompson opened his his uh, suit coat, and there was a sweater that matched the one that Louis was wearing. And I'm telling you, the New York crowds are are difficult to motivate to to lose it. Yeah, and that crowd, I mean, the building was shaking. He he wiped them all out. That is yeah, that's the humor. That is great. That is so much fun. And um, speaking of the Garden and St. John's, Rick Petito is now back in the Big East, right? Yes. Uh, going to coach St. John's. What do you think about what he's going to do? What do you think? What is potential at St. John's? Do you think? Uh, I think it's it's excellent. His experience. Uh, yes, he's controversial. Uh, he's got a lot of nicknames, but everywhere he's been, he's won. And uh, back in that environment, uh, I think he'll do well. And and Louis Conaseca is is ninety eight. Yeah, talked to him occasionally on the phone, and uh, he's been waiting. He's been waiting for some sort of uh, renaissance comeback uh, for St. John's, as have 
uh, the hardcore New York fans, and they're they're out of patience. And I think the I think the this hire surprised them, uh, but but then I think there's a feeling of we're going to get it done, and he's got a lot of support. And of course, there's a Duke connection here because Mike Craig, Mike Craig is the athletic director at St. John's. Yes, formerly longtime thirty year administrator at Duke, right? Uh, so we can tie it back to Duke and the ACC. I would I don't want to get too far afield and not keep it on the ACC, but we are, you know, our old buddy Mike Craig made a heck of a hire, didn't he? Yeah, it took courage. <laughs> it did. It certainly did. Uh, before we go real quick, I do want to bring it back to the ACC with, uh, you know, as we talk here, Miami is going to play tonight against Texas. They're the last team standing from the ACC. Once again, the league only got five teams in the tournament. This is two years in a row. That it seems like ACC basketball is slipping nationally. Uh, what are your thoughts on what you think is going on with the league, and what can get it back to where, you know, eight or nine teams can get into the tournament like like usual? All right, let, let me digress just a minute on Jim Laranega. Sure, uh, I've known him for a long time. He's a great man and a great coach. Uh, I've forgotten the name of the team. I've got a little Alzheimer's, but when he first started coaching, he took a team to the Final Four that was like you know. George Mason. Um, it's George Mason. Okay. Yeah. So he makes his talk to to break open the Final Four weekend, and I wait for him to come down after his talk, and I say, Coach, I just want to congratulate you on the, the great year you've had coming to the Final Four under these circumstances. And he looked me right in the eye, and he says, well, you're partly responsible for this. And, it, I mean, my jaw dropped. I said, I don't understand. He said, I was working in a basketball camp at Davidson under Terry Holland, and you hired Neil McGahey to come as an assistant to Duke. And when you did that, Terry Holland went right into the camp, and he hired me as an assistant at Davidson. And that was my step onto the onto the stage of big-time college coach. So, see, you opened the door for me. Yes, sir. How about that? Good job. Excellent. And then speaking of the Basketball Hall of Fame, I think Jim Laranega, if Miami does get to the Final Four and this will play after we know, but uh, he, deserve, he, he should be in there, don't you think? I think he deserves it for sure. And he's not finished. That team is is well coached. It's physical. Uh, it bears his personality. And, and I kid him. He's starting to look a little bit about the coach at Syracuse who just retired, you know. Yeah, Jim Bayheim, yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah. A little bit when they hit him with the camera, uh, but he's not there yet. Right, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, speaking of back to the ACC and getting more teams in the, in the tournament, Syracuse needs to kind of get going again, don't they? Syracuse, the last couple of years under Jim Bayheim has been down, and uh, yeah. they need to, that need to get back up and get going again. Yeah, well, I started with Jim Bayheim when I was a coach at West Virginia. He was a player at Syracuse in the backcourt with a with a guy named Dave Bing. Bing, yes. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, Bayon was the other guy. But we go all the way back, and the irony is we beat them uh, in a final home game there in Morgantown. And and for the twenty five Syracuse games I did over the years, I'd always go up the day before and practice, and he'd be looking at me. I woke up, I said, how's it going, coach? And he'd say, I haven't forgotten. And then he said, is it true that the uh, the referees that day in Morgantown had summer homes in Morgantown? Ah. And I said, that, that's not true. <laughs> but it's a good story anyway. If, he wants to, if it makes him feel better, have at it, right? 
Very good. Uh, Bucky, um, I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, on this on this rainy Sunday as we tape this to talk some basketball and, and look back at that 1960 team that you were part of. And it, it was also, let's, let's say this, they were a number four seed, right? Number four seed in the ACC. This year's Duke team was number four seed, so it all comes full circle. A lot of similarities. The big difference is we had a veteran team. This team is immature. It, it's a long way. Uh, I, 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 I know one thing. John Shire is not going to have any trouble convincing his team to get in the weight room and get stronger. They just got bullied. Yes, by Tennessee. That, that, that'll stick with him for out for sure. But anyway, uh, Bucky, Ian, thank you so much. Take good care. Great to see you. Uh, really appreciate the time today. And uh, that'll do it for this week's edition of the ACC Now podcast. For the Raleigh News and Observer, uh, thanks for joining us, everybody.